Welcome to another episode of the Tactical Leadership Podcast, where we focus on building better businesses. I believe in order to be the best leader that you can be, you must be willing to be the first follower and have a servant mentality when you're in a leadership position. If you want to be the best leader that you possibly can be, be sure to stay tuned and listen to industry leaders and hear how they built winning cultures in their own businesses. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Tactical Leader. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Jake Kelfer. We're going to talk about how he helps individuals elevate to their peak performance. Before we begin, I'll remind you this show is brought to you by Nightly Productions. If you're a podcaster, YouTuber, or content creator that wants to create content that is more tactical and delivers, head over to nightly.productions and find out how we can help you create that content. Jake, welcome to the show, my friend. Dude, I'm happy to be here, man. Let's fire it up. Man, I'm super excited. This is something uh, we've had on the books for a little while. And I want to give the audience just a little bit about you before we dive into everything that you have going on, where you're a lifestyle entrepreneur, business coach, a life elevator dedicated to helping people create transformational experiences and achieve their true potential through connection. You're a two-time best-selling author, soon to be three, because you just released The Elevated Entrepreneur, a book that came out just last week. So I'm super excited to uh, delve into that book a little bit. But beyond that, you're a high energy motivational speaker, founder of the Professional Basketball Combine, which has helped 70 plus NBA draft prospects turn their dream into playing pro basketball into the reality, which makes so much sense of how we got connected through uh, my mentor, Travis, who is a basketball guy himself. And overall, man, you've been featured in Forbes, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, many, many other major media outlets. Man, that is an impressive bio. But before we kind of start taking that apart, tell the audience something fun about yourself that we might not know. I am a huge Taco Bell fan. I think Taco Bell is one of the greatest restaurants to ever be created. And literally in college, in college, I went to the University of Southern California. I would go to Taco Bell probably two to three times a week. And one time I went for all three meals in a day just to see if I could do it. All right. So we're going to have to unpack the, uh, the fact that you're my spirit animal because I love Taco Bell. Um, and anybody that doesn't, you know, they're not people we want on this show. So I can appreciate that, bro. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, it's, it's been, it's been a Taco Bell journey, man. It's, it's, it's been a heck of a ride. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, let's start off. Um, obviously you have two other books, but I want to talk about the book you just released to kind of get started with everything. The Elevated Entrepreneur gives a little bit of insight on this book and what we can expect from it. Yeah, man. Um, I appreciate you giving me the platform to, to talk about it. So the, the Elevated Entrepreneur is all about unlocking the secrets of the world's greatest coaches, performers, and entrepreneurs. And the way that this book was written is in the interview style. So I feature 39 of the best of the best that talk about all different things, such as how to build relationships that can change your business overnight, how to save thousands of dollars using the right tools and technology in your businesses, how to pursue success and excellence relentlessly while enjoying the journey. And it's really cool because not only is there so many different voices that share some amazing tips, stories, and advice, but every interview also has a section called how we met. Because one of the things that people are always asking me, is, Jake, how do you connect with these people? How do you like find people? Do cold DMs actually work? Do emails still work, right? And so I made a section for every interview of how the interview came to be. And that's one of the favorite sections from the people that have read the book so far. Man, that's pretty interesting. And, and we mentioned Travis a little bit earlier, who has the uh, Build Your Network podcast. That's really kind of where um, he and I connected was over that building your network aspect. So the fact that you threw that piece in there, that's really fascinating because there are connections that happen that 
are hard to explain. So kind of like hitting those stepping stones into this is how, I mean, shoot, man, you've got photos, what magic Johnson I see. I mean, you've got all sorts of, I mean, it's just kind of stupid. The photos you have on your, on your website of some, some awesome folks, man. So what was that like one interview, that one connection that you're like, Oh, this is never going to happen. But then you had the, the steps in place where you actually able to make that connection that you're really excited about. I mean, there were so many, but I'll give you, I'll give you a couple here. So one of my favorite authors in the world, his name is John Gordon. He's written like 20 different books. He speaks with like NBA teams, NFL teams. He's, he's an incredible person. And I read his book training camp when I was 18 years old, a decade ago. And I was a senior in high school. I read this book and I was wildly inspired. It was like one of the first self-help books I ever read. Over the last decade, I've read every book he's come out with. I have uh, met people that are really close to him, but me and him, I never had a conversation. All of a sudden, when this book came to be, all the stars aligned and I had a couple people be able to reach out and make this interview happen. And so it's one of those things where you're like, you never know what's going to happen in your life. You never know when somebody's going to come in at the right moment. But if you're willing to take action, if you surround yourself with the right people, if you ask questions, if you're willing to ask for help, great things are going to happen. And so John was able to be featured in this book, which was just an incredible, incredible, like full story come around, which I was stoked about. And then you have people like John Lee Dumas and Pat Flynn, some of the first entrepreneur podcasts that I ever listened to. And, you know, I've been doing this for a couple of years and I was like, oh my gosh, like these guys, these guys are great. And boom, now they're featured in the book. So it's really cool. And then you have other people that I've never met in my life and I get introduced to them by one of the other guests. And the first time we ever chat is for this book. So it's really cool to see that some relationships took 10 years to develop and others took one introduction or a cold DM on Instagram. And then we were filming weeks later. So it's really, it's really cool how these things come about and how important relationships are in the scheme of, of building success and happiness. And I absolutely love that because, I mean, you mentioned uh, Pat Flynn, JLD. They're two guys that I know from the podcasting realm. I mean, they're huge, right? I mean, they're they're not low, low-end names in this world by any means. But what, what's interesting about this to me, I mean, you're talking about some high, high-level individuals, some people that have, obviously, there's going to be an ego. There's going to be an alpha mindset attached to a lot of the people you're dealing with. When I mean, you even have this photo of Mike Trout, you know, best baseball player currently, I think. Um, I mean, he, he's just a beast, right? So you, you have to imagine there are going to be egos attached to things. Can you give us kind of a, some insight of how in your leadership journey of building these blocks and building these stepping stones to these great introductions, how do you manage those relationships in that capacity where it's like, there's this giant ego that you have to, do you like placate it? Do you massage it? Do you just like throw a bunch of money at it and say, Hey man, here you go. I love you. How do you kind of cultivate that relationship? I think there's so many different strategies. You know what I mean? Like, like when it comes down to it, every person is a person, but every person is a different person. And we all have our own unique ways of communicating. And so I think the first step of this is not how do we necessarily communicate with them? It's how do we understand our most effective communication style and approach? And so for me, the more I become grounded in who I am and not so much worried about, are they going to like me, but more like, they should like me because I am me, right? And it's a two-way street. Then it becomes, you can even out the playing field, especially when you get to a certain level of, of person or someone who has a lot of money or status or someone who has a lot of fame, right? Um, but I think like really understanding your own style and being comfortable with who you are. Because in this journey, 
You could see the pictures with Mike Trout, with Magic Johnson, with all these entrepreneurs, and it's amazing. But for every one of those guys that I've been able to get to know or have an experience with, there's also been hundreds and thousands of people that have said no or that didn't want to talk to me. And one of the biggest blocks that we see in society when we're trying to build these relationships is we never ask because we're so scared of being told no. But the truth of the matter is, is you will be rejected on this journey. That's just the truth. And that's okay. Maybe it's the wrong time. Maybe they're not interested. Maybe something's going on. Maybe they missed your message. Maybe they opened it and forgot to respond. You never know what someone is going through on the other side. And that's why you have to be confident in yourself and be willing to take the chance. Because when you're willing to take the chance, you give yourself an opportunity to succeed. And you kind of hit on something that's really been a big part of my journey um, I, as a military guy leaving the military. I got, I'm getting medically discharged currently where it's not even an option. And, and I found there's a lot of um, correlation between athletes that you're working with, the veteran mindset where you're top of the top. And when that last game or that last operation happens, you don't have a choice to continue. There is a lot of like re-identifying who you are, what you are, not just the uniform anymore, Right. So you, you talked about having that level of confidence in yourself, that self-mastery, if you will. Where do you get that from? Where, where have you learned like how to step into that power of who you are? I think there's internal and external. I think from the external standpoint is you have to be willing to communicate with other people who have either gone through what, you've, what you're going through or who can speak upon that intelligently so you can have an honest conversation. On the internal side of things is you have to be willing to ask yourself the difficult questions because everybody's going to go through phases in our lives and we're going to have different identity shifts, right? And so what's really, really important though is you are honest with yourself because when you're honest, you can become aware. When you're aware, you can then create change. When you create change, it can lead into that person that you want to become next or that person that you want to step into becoming. And so I think that when you're going through something like that, you have to have the internal and the external because it'll help you create a full, a wholehearted perspective of where you need to go next. I, I couldn't agree more on the awareness piece, man, because it's one of those, if you don't know something's broken, you're never going to attempt to fix it, right? If there's not a broken link in that chain, you're just going to think everything's great and you're great and there's nothing you need to improve upon. And, and I think that's a huge piece. Would you say awareness is really one of those pieces that, as a leader, that characteristic that you really have to have? Or is there another characteristic that you've seen among all these greats that are like, oh, this is the thing that makes them great? Well, I think awareness is a great, a great, great, great quality to have. You know, Gary V talks about awareness all the time. And I, and I really believe that awareness is critical for individuals who want to achieve peak performance. At the same time, though, when it comes to being a great leader, I believe that the best leaders are not the people necessarily in the certain positions, but they're the people that help that inspire others to do something greater than themselves. And oftentimes the quality that enables someone to be able to do this is a mentality that I call we is greater than me. And what this means is most of us as human beings are innately selfish and concerned about ourselves. That's just how we're programmed. But the difference between a me mentality and a we mentality is the me mentality person says, what can you do for me? How can I use you to get to where I want to go? Whereas the we mentality leader says, what can we do for each other? How can I help you so that I can help myself in the process? How can we climb the mountain together rather than me stepping on you to get to the peak? 
And when you can have that mentality and you can program it and genuinely root for other people to have success, your relationships will be stronger. People will trust you more. And then in return, they will actually do the things that you are inspiring them to do, ultimately bringing both of you to the level that you have originally set out to achieve. And I got to ask, man, what, what got you on this journey? Were you a basketball player back in the day? Did you grow up playing sports? Like what got you in this world where you're really shifting this mindset? Yeah, man, I played basketball my whole life. The only problem was I'm a 5'8 Jewish kid from the suburbs. So so going to the league. Slight, you know, slight problem right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah slight, <laughs> slight, uh, you know, adversity, right? And, you know, when I realized that I wasn't going to be the next Kobe Bryant and I wasn't going to play for the Lakers, I had to make a decision of what was going to be next. Now, I'm blessed with parents who really, really wanted me to focus on my academics as well, because I think they knew, like, even though they supported my dreams, I think they knew, you know, I probably wasn't going to the league. And if I did, well, I'd have, you know, a, a brain behind it as well. And when I couldn't play in the league, I said, well, then what if I represented the players that played in the league? And that's what kind of got me onto this path of, of creating something unique and different. And that's what kind of put me on onto the journey of working in sports and really trying to find ways to break into the game of, of the elite of the elite, the best of the best in all aspects. And that path took me down to entrepreneurship. And one big balance that I'm noticing, I mean, besides the uh, Taco Bell connoisseur self-proclaimed, um, there's another fun fact that I, I found that you are very heavily uh, focus on family over everything else. And you really want to highlight that piece. Tell us about that balance. Cause that can be a really tricky thing when you're really at that top level performance and really focusing on your craft. Yeah. So, so for me right now, you know, at the time of recording this, I'm, I'm a single dude in my late twenties. Okay. So my perspective on family is going to come from my parents and my brother rather than from a partner and kids. But family to me is the most important thing because for me, without my family, I wouldn't be where I am today. You see, my, my parents have always been the ones who taught me, hey, anytime you go into a new classroom on the first day of school, ask your teacher a question at the end. Anytime you meet someone new, say hi, because you don't know what they're going through. My parents always told me to try things. And even if it didn't work out, they'd still love me, right? And so for me, I've grown up with this culture that family is everything. My younger brother, he was a cheer, competitive cheerleader growing up. And the dude was one of the best in the world. And he showed me what it took to be great right? And I think that you can always be learning, but I think what's really, really important and how I prioritize this is not just by talking about it. When I look at my calendar, I put family time on there first. I do family dinners with my parents and my brother. We do Zoom or we talk at least once a week. That goes on the calendar first. I make sure that I have time for the relationships and the people that I care about, even my extended family, aka my like best friends, they get time on the calendar before the podcast, before the coaching calls, because to me, that's what life is all about. It's not just about making money or building a business. It's about being with the people that I love and having the freedom to do that. And the coolest part about being a leader or an entrepreneur is you get to choose what goes on your calendar. You get to decide who gets your time, your attention, your energy. And that's what I think for me is so, so, so powerful and something that I've really worked hard to learn. And then to implement that because it's, it's hard, you know, it's hard when you get all these different things for work going on. It's easy to put something else on the wayside, but every decision has a cost and you got to decide what are you investing in the most? And for me, that's family, that's friendships, that's relationships. And so I'm always going to make sure there's time on the calendar for that. And then I'm going to fill my calendar with my other stuff. 
And that's a huge mindset shift for a lot of people, right? Like a lot of people are so focused on, you know, got to be the best. I got to take, you know, and you mentioned Kobe earlier, you know, the 10,000 free throws a day or whatever the heck he was doing. I mean, he's just a beast, right? But he still had the family, still had the kids. And it looks like a lot of what you focus on is that mindset shift. And and one thing I notice um, that I really like is you really highlight that mindset where you're focused on wealth isn't a mindset, it's a dollar amount, something Eric Thomas said that you really like. Uh, you're not creating passion or profit, you're creating purpose by Lewis Howes. I mean, there are several quotes that you really focus on where it's really about that mindset shift. And a lot of what you're talking about and what you're doing in your work is elevating mindset. Is that something that you see a lot of pushback from? Are there entrepreneurs and, and people that are just like not about the mindset for putting family first, prioritizing, being intentional in their day. Do you see a lot of pushback there? Well, I, I think I see a lot of misunderstanding in the sense that people want to achieve, right? We want to achieve, we want to hit metrics, but we're going after things because that's what society has programmed is correct. The question I want people to ask themselves is what does success actually mean to me? Because that's what you need to be striving for. So when I look at it, and, and let me preface this, I believe that you can have it all. I believe you can have the money, the status, the fame, the family life. I believe you can have it all because there's an abundance for all of us. But you have to be intentional when creating that life. And when you look at success, most people are focusing on the achievement as the only version of success. You need to define it by all of your buckets, your buckets of relationship, wealth, charity, health, emotions, right? Finance, career. And when you can do that, well, that's when you can start to take the right action that's aligned and intentional to get you to where you want to go. And so I think that, you know, is it a mindset thing? Well, I think that we aren't even aware of how important the mindset is until we know how important the mindset is. You know, I think it's one of those, one of those like things where you're like, yeah, okay, mindset, sure. I'm just going to go, 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 go and do. But once you start working on the mindset, once you start becoming aware and really clear and, and, and self-aware, well, then you start to say, holy crap, man, like this is important because until I figure this out, I'm never going to be able to get to where I actually want to go. I'm only going to be able to go get to where I think I'm supposed to go. And that's a big shift right there. I think beyond that, it's you're talking about where you're supposed to go, but I think it's almost like a deserving quality, right? I don't deserve to go past this point. And it becomes this limiting belief that you convince yourself because the mind is so powerful. You start convincing yourself, I'm not worthy of, I, I don't deserve X, Y, and Z. And that's a huge piece to have to overcome, especially in the entrepreneurship space. I, I mean, I, I agree with that, man. Like, like you look at so many people and, and myself included is like, you're like, I have so many good things going for me. Like, do I deserve to have this great thing happen? You know, or I don't have anything good going for me. Do I deserve for something good to finally happen? Right. And we start to, we start to have all these doubts and these question marks, but the truth of the matter is yes. You know what? The answer is yes. It's not either, or it's yes. And, and, you know, for anyone that's listening to this right now, no matter what your situation is, I don't know it, but what I can tell you to do that, if you're, if you're willing to bet on yourself and you're willing to learn from the people that have done what you're trying to do, you're going to make steps in the right directions. And when you have these honest conversations with yourself and these honest conversations with others, we're going to be able to get more clear on the direction that really makes you fulfilled. I absolutely love that. And that, that clarity can bring so much to somebody's life. And a lot of that 
turns into stepping into, we kind of talked about stepping into your power earlier, stepping into who you are, but a lot of that really focuses on authenticity, which I noticed is a huge workshop that you put on with Elevate Your Network. Authenticity creates opportunity. Talk to us a little bit about being your authentic self and how that presents itself in business. Well, we've all, we've all been a person and I'll speak for myself, but from almost everyone that I've ever talked to, we've all tried to impress somebody else and hope that we could develop a relationship with them, right? We've all done this in dating, getting jobs and internships, getting customers. We've all tried to be the person we think they want. And while that may work in the short term, that's the surest way that you will never be fully happy because you're always going to be living someone else's life. You're always going to be trying to please other people. And so when it comes to authenticity creates opportunity is the greatest gift that you can give to someone else is your true self. And you have to be okay with not everybody being your biggest fan, but it's hard because we want to help everybody. We want to support everybody. And so we want everyone to like us. And the thing with that is, is you don't need everybody to like you. You need the right people to love you to be truly successful and happy in this game. And so when we talk about authenticity creates opportunity, it's about owning who you are so that you can communicate in a way where it says, look, this is me. If you don't resonate with this, that's okay. But if you do, we're going to be really good friends. We're going to kick it off. We're going to have a great time. You know, when I think about it, like, like for me, for example, look, there are some people that are listening right now and they'd be like, man, Jake talks way too fast. He's got way too much energy. He's way too loud. Like he's not my style, my, not my cup of tea. Cool. That's okay with me because I would rather you find someone that really, really resonates with you versus trying to learn from me because you think you should. But there are other people who are going to be like, this energy is infectious. I love this guy. This guy's got it going on. I need whatever, whatever water he's drinking. I need some of the secret sauce. Those are the people that I can get the best results for. Those are the people that are going to be the best relationships with. Those are the people that are going to happen. So you got to understand in this game, not everyone's going to buy your stuff. Not everyone's going to want to support you. Not everyone's going to be on your team, but that's okay. It doesn't mean that they're wrong or that you're wrong or that they're right or that you're right. What it means is that there's opportunity for us all to find the way and the path to get us where we want to go. And I couldn't agree. I'm agreeing with you a lot because you're like so dead on with this stuff, man. And, and there's another great book called The Power of No and realizing that the power that somebody else has in telling you, no, you have that same power, especially as a business owner, understanding when you, because I can't tell you how many discovery calls I've been on with clients where they're like, just something doesn't align, right? It's out of alignment for me. And I know if I take that client, that means it's going to be out of alignment there. There's not going to be great success between the two of us. So having the power to say, no, you're not the ideal for me. It really opens up that whole segment and sector of your audience that really will succeed. Like you're talking about. Yeah. And you, you can't be afraid to say no, right? So often the reason we don't say no is because we're scared of losing that opportunity, that person, that relationship, that whatever it is, but by doing that, we're saying that that's in our mind by saying yes to that, even though we know we should say no, we're telling ourselves that that's the best we could do. But we know that we could do better. We know that we could do more. And I would say, you just got to go for it a little bit. You got to give yourself permission to have a little bit of fun. You know, say yes, say no, do your thing, but do your thing, not what you think you need to do. I love that. And we're talking about a ton of resources and different shifts. What would be a great resource, a podcast, a book, something that you've discovered along your journey that you'd recommend to the audience? 
One of my favorite books that uh, that I read that I've read is Atomic Habits by James Clear. I mean, everybody likes that book, but it's really, really a great book. And then I really like, you know, this book, I, I think I mentioned it earlier, is John Gordon's Training Camp. And it's a, it's a business fable about an NFL athlete who's who's an underdog, who's trying to make the roster. And uh, it's through training camp. And it's a story of overcoming adversity. So those are some books that I really like. And that, I mean, there's there's so many more books. And I might like a hundred book list, whatever. But um, those are two books that like really come to the forefront in my mind. I love it. Both of those. I haven't read Training Camp. Definitely need to throw that on my list. But Atomic Habits is one of those that, I mean, it, it's powerful because it sets those things, it digs those grooves for you. And I know for me, a big part of that is like my morning routine, setting that intentionality, starting at the top of the day. What does that look like for you? I mean, you've seen this among greats where Kobe was up at 3 a.m. shooting free throws and beating everybody else off the court. What's that look like for you? What's that look like among these people and these greats that you've seen? So I think I think a commonality and and I and I kind of I wrote an ebook called Elevate Your Morning one time because I was like I needed to study what are all the best doing. And a few of the commonalities that that some of the best, The Rock, Mark Zuckerberg, Kobe, a lot of these a lot of these people is a lot of them get up early. A lot of them are drinking water, a lot of them are moving their body, and a lot of them are doing some form of a self-care practice, okay? Now, Unfortunately, we live in a society where we think we have to do all of these things at once in our routine to become great. No, no, no. You don't need to do that. You need to find out what works for you based on your personality and based on where you want to go. What are you actually trying to achieve? What's the intention, the intention behind creating this routine? Once you've identified that, then let's curate it. Now, here's another misconception. Routines, by definition, are doing the same thing over and over again. And this is where a lot of people get stuck. They create a routine, but they don't love it or they're not getting the result they want, but they keep doing it because they think that's what a routine is. I'm supposed to just fall in love with the process of doing all these things over and over again. And while there's truth to that, I believe in flexibility within a routine. I believe that while, yes, you have to do the actions and do the work every day, you should give yourself permission to test, experiment, and adjust that routine so you could find something even better. But I'm not saying substitute on or off. I'm saying, turn it on, maybe dim it down a little bit, maybe dim it up, put the light switch higher. So for example, my routine is I wake up at 532 almost every single weekday. I wake up at 532, I meditate for three minutes, and then I go straight into deep work. I do deep work for about an hour and a half, two hours. And recently, this is what I'm talking about experimentation. I now take a walk in the middle of that for 10 to 15 minutes. Why? Well, because I wanted to see, is it good to break up this hour and a half, two hours? Do I want the sunshine on my face? Is moving my body give me more energy, right? I wanted to test all this. I find that I really like it. So now I keep doing it. After those two hours of deep work, what I'll do next is I'll stretch and then I'll do some form of a workout. Typically, lately, it's been a Peloton or a quick hit workout, 20 to 30 minutes. After that, I'll eat, I'll shower, I'll do my mantra, and then I start the workday. So 5.32 to 10 a.m. is my time. Nobody gets access to me during that time unless I choose to give them access to that. That's the important thing. It's the choice. But that's my routine most weekdays, um, at least in the morning. And then I have other routines that I do um, throughout the day and other triggers that I've set that really help me achieve performance throughout the day, um, especially when I may feel a lull or when I'm trying to turn my brain off and start focusing on people or family again, like we talked about earlier. And I'm going to have to ask, 5.32, not 5.30, not 5.35, why 
I'm a nut. Um, I'm a nut dude. Like, like, okay. So, so I'm a numbers guy. Now my dad does this. And, and, and so I started doing it and then I kind of like adapted it to myself, but basically I only wake up at times. I don't like waking up with a zero or a five. It's too mainstream. Okay. I don't hit the snooze button, but I need to have the numbers equate to each other. So 532, five minus three is two. It works. Okay. The reason that 532 is like one of my favorite times though of the day is because my favorite number is also 32. Magic Johnson was 32. Sandy Koufax, the Jewish pitcher for the Dodger was 32. So 532, it just hits. You know what I mean? And it's like that perfect, like wake up super early, but still like, you're not at that like crazy, like early, early time. You're at like the 532 early time. And it just works for me, man. So, so like, so like, it's great. But Look, if there's a night where I'm out late, I value my sleep. So maybe I'm up a little bit later than normal. Well, it's 617. Okay. Six plus one is seven. You know, it's it's a weird thing. And I know it's bizarre and weird and and silly, but like it's fun. And I do it and there's meaning and it motivates me. So I do it and I keep doing it. And until it doesn't motivate me anymore, until I want to switch it, I'm gonna keep doing it. You know, it's funny. And the reason I, I picked up on that is back in the day, I was a police officer and did a lot of undercover work in the narcotics and gangs world uh, here in Atlanta. And I had my alarm set every morning for 420. I'd never done a drug in my life, but I had 420 as my alarm. And it's just like you wake up and it's like something funny, right? It just kind of makes you laugh a little bit. My thing now is I have uh, the Rocky theme song as the alarm. So I wake up to the Rocky theme song because it's my hype song right now. So like I, I laugh because I'm like, yeah, I'm that kind of weird because it's just, it, it, it starts your day with a smile, right? There's something about it that just gets your day going on the right foot. hundred percent, man. I, I absolutely love that. It, uh, I knew there had to be a good story behind it. It cracks me up, man. And, um, I know we talked about a lot of great resources. I really want to kind of turn back to the books that you have. We talked about the elevated entrepreneur. Let's talk about the other two that you've released that are bestsellers and some of the other stuff that you've been working on. Yeah, man. So the first book I wrote is called Elevate Beyond, which is all about how to stand out in the job market and discover your passion. And I wrote that book purely. The the initial intention was to help my fraternity brothers and my younger brother get internships and jobs without spending all the time that they thought they needed to do to get those things. Because I knew they were in college and I was like, well, if I could write them a book and teach them how to get their dream internship or their dream job, they're going to have more time to get better grades or to party. So like, this is going to be great. It ended up being read by schools all over the country. It was at Cal State Northridge. It was in Syracuse. It it was just this amazing thing that kind of blossomed. Um, But it all started with me asking two questions. What do I know and how can I help people? And as a 23-year-old who was working my first job with the Lakers, all I really knew was how to get a good job. All I knew was networking. All I knew was the things that I had done that had got me to the success. And whenever you can combine what you know with the thought of helping people, you can do and create great things. So that was book number one. Then about two years later, after I had started speaking, after I had built the professional basketball combine, I was asking myself, what is the reason I'm having success at such a young age? And the reason was, sure, I was going after it. I was making things happen. But the biggest reason was the people that I had connected with, the people that I had built relationships with. And so I said, well, let's write a book on that. So my second book is called Elevate Your Network, which is 25 Kelf Keys to Building Extraordinary Relationships in Life and Business. And this book has been read by entrepreneurs, professors, teachers, corporations, all types of people, students, all types of people who want to better their relationships so they can have more happiness, so they can have more fulfillment, and so that they can ultimately have more epic experiences and better relationships. And now 
we have book three that just came out. And this has been a, a culmination of, of everything that I've learned up to this point, because I'm a big believer that you got to do the best with the knowledge you have at that given time. You can't just wait and wait and wait until it's perfect. You got to just go with what you know at that time. And so this book combines everything related to entrepreneurship that I've learned by interviewing all these experts. It combines everything I've learned about how do you build relationships with the best and the best, right? And we talked about that. And then it's really, how do we get access to the world's greatest right away? Because so often in order to get access to so many of these people, you have to pay thousands of dollars. You have to invest so much. And while, yes, I highly encourage everybody to invest in one of these experts in the book, I want you to find the person that's going to be the right style for you, right? I don't want you to just like them. I want you to love them. And I hope that this book will inspire you to learn from people, to see people that have, that have the same thought process as you. And that way you can implement the different things. You can connect with them. You can learn all these different cool things. And so that's what kind of led us to this book and bringing it to the world, which has just been a crazy journey. And I'm so blessed. From the combine to the chief elevation officer, JK management, from the internship with the Lakers, man. I mean, you're doing some crazy things and now you're putting these books out. But I have to know, what is the purpose? What is the legacy that you're wanting to leave in the world with everything you're doing? Uh, the legacy that I want to leave in the world is that I was a guy that spread the feeling of elevation. All right. And the feeling of elevation is as simple as this. It's leaving someone better than you found them. It's putting a smile on every person's face that you talk to. It's saying something that inspires somebody to be great in their own way. And the feeling of elevation is just something that I think we all have the power to create and we all have the power to spread. It's just a matter of, are we willing to live a life of elevation or we will, or are we only going to live a life of ourselves? And I think that spreading the feeling of elevation is so, so, so available to us all. We just have to say yes. Man, that is truly powerful. And elevating is definitely the way to move forward, man. It's some amazing stuff. And I want to give the audience the opportunity to reach out to you, find you, see this content, pick up the book. What's the best place for them to find all of this? The best place hands down right now is on Instagram at Jake Kelfer. I'm spending most of my time there. So slide on in those DMs. Let's get some convos going. Let's have some fun. And then uh, to get the book, you can go to the elevatedentrepreneur.co. That'll also be the uh, the link in my bio as well. But would love to chat with anybody. Uh, if anything resonated, if anything triggered you, whatever, let's chop it up. Let's have a good time. Jake, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for bringing the wisdom to us and the audience today. And of course, going to tune back in this Friday for the tactics that we're going to delve into about how we actually go about elevating ourselves. Jake, thanks for the time, my friend. Yes, sir. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Tactical Leadership Podcast. And I hope you got a ton of value out of what we talked about today. I also want to remind you that this show is brought to you by Night Protection Services. If you're a leader in a small to mid-sized business that does 5 to $10 million a year in revenue, and want to improve retention costs, which could actually add up to being twice your employee's salary, all through creating a safer work environment and saving up to 25% in insurance costs, be sure to visit nightprotectionllc.com.